Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you this morning. Happy Thursday, Dr. Paul. How are you today? I'm doing well. We have some problems to solve. There's yeah. a little bit of mischief going on in the world. There's still a war going on. <laughs> There's a war going on against the people in the United States. Yeah. And war against decency and war against truth. But we had an election, and it was a straightforward election. No shenanigans. And, you know, everybody is happy. And... Uh, They've lined up new leadership, and they'll have new policies, and they're going to erase all the old ones. Uh -huh. So be an optimist. We have to be an optimist today. But I'm going to wait a while before I decide about today. We will, we'll just see how well they do. But one thing big in the news, it's financial. It's political. It looks like it's foreign policy. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a deep state operation. <laughs> I don't know. Could be a deep state operation. FTX partnership with Ukraine is the latest chapter in a shady uh, FTX scandal. Mm. So uh, that's a, that's a big thing to take. But but you know when when does it become shady and the money? I mean, uh, there's a pretty good case for making that type of excesses just as a reflection of the fiat dollar standard. And then you have the additional things going on, and then you have more fraud. I'm afraid, um, you know, my position on, you know, the, the um, currencies, the cryptocurrencies, is that it should, they shouldn't be made illegal. <laughs> but it shouldn't be legal to commit fraud. Yeah. And that, that shouldn't be anymore. But that's about true about everything in a free society. There's always going to be people trying to bend the rules and break the rules. But uh, I think the only time you can uh, have it operation, uh, you have to have people that are more honorable. And I, our, even our founders knew that. They said, this thing isn't going to work, you know, if you don't have a, a people who recognize a moral standard. But right now, it's getting to be a mess. It's, uh, they're, they're talking about this thing not going away tomorrow or the next day. And there's a lot of people involved. You know, it's been refer referred to as a Ponzi scheme, and it has a Ponzi atmosphere. You know, technically, it's not quite a Ponzi scheme, but it doesn't make a lot of difference. It's based on fraud and deceitfulness and subsidizing special interests. But I think it was a little eye-opener and woke up a few people, the fact that they were, uh, they were involved in getting money to uh, Ukraine. I'm not a bit surprised. I think that happens just about all the time because uh, my... Uh, my opinion is is that one of the biggest threats we're up against is corporatism, and that is the bringing together of corporations uh, with their financial, uh, their social, and their uh, foreign policy, and bringing them together, and the corporations take over. I think uh, I always suspected that, but became very convinced since we've had COVID, and uh, very discouraged that both you and I have recognized that some of our allies who champion saying, keep an eye on those corporations, no, no, this corporatism, and they shouldn't be able to take over the financial system. But all of a sudden, there's less of that now. So we have to gather up some new supporters, but they're out there. Yeah. We hope we can find them. Well, what's in a name is the question, because the very highly inappropriate, I guess, name, Sam Bankman Freed, <laughs> was the founder of FTX. It was a crypto exchange that took in billions and billions of dollars. Let's put up that first clip because 
Uh, I think one of the best things we've seen so far on this has been from, of course, the Gray Zone, which is a great uh, alternative, quote-unquote, website. Uh, Max Blumenthal, Aaron Maté, and many others run it. Kit Clarenberg did this piece a couple of days ago. FTX partnership with Ukraine is latest chapter in Shady Western Aid Saga. So the bank man freed, founded this exchange. They brought in billions of dollars. Uh, he had a $40 million house in the Bahamas. I'm sure it wasn't a shack. Um, he took a lot of money himself. And he had a back door into this exchange where he used as a personal piggy bank. Uh, all of that would have been sort of a Bernie Madoff kind of scandal. But the other part of it that's fascinating is the part where he partnered with the Ukrainian government to help fund the Ukrainian war, essentially doing the bidding of the United States government. Uh, and that was a, that was a big deal uh, for him. Uh, millions and millions of dollars. If we can actually um, put on that next clip, you can see. So the Ukrainian government mysteriously disappeared online records of its fundraising arrangement with the FTX crypto scam just days before the scandal erupted. The, initiati the in initiative claims to have raised $60 million for Ukraine, but where did the money go? Uh, and this is very, very interesting. They partnered with the Ukrainian government to send crypto to Ukraine. And actually, you can put on the next one. This is from the post-millennial. Here are things that are starting to come out. Ukraine partnered with top Dem donors, cryptocurrency company FTX, as Biden administration funded the war effort. And let's do another one. This is the announcement back in March where Ukraine partners with FTX to launch a new crypto donation website. And let's do one more because Ben Swan, who we both know is a very good journalist, he's tweeted this, which I think kind of captures it. We don't know what happened. We don't know their role and we're not claiming to know. But Ben Swan writes, there are now reports that tens of billions in American military aid to Ukraine has not been used to fight Russia, but instead was invested into FTX, sending it to Ukraine, transferring it to FTX, and then laundered back to U.S. Democrats who originally voted to send the money. That sounds like a pretty wild scheme. Uh, we send the money there, they buy FTX, FTX then sends money to the Democrat Party. You'd say it sounds a little bit kooky, but the fact is Bankman Freed was the number two donor to the Democrat Party, only second behind George Soros. He gave $40 million in this uh, election campaign to fund Democrats. So it's at least very fishy. And I would say, I hate about this sort of whataboutism, but if the Republicans had a scheme like this, my guess is, Dr. Paul, I could be wrong, but the New York Times and the Washington Post <laughs> would be all over it. Yeah. You know, um, when things like this happen, I, I start thinking about, well, where are their loyalties? Uh, why, why do they do this? Uh, uh, is uh, uh, the Bankman Freed, you, you know, uh, a Ukrainian? You know, does he have relatives there yeah. or something? And uh, what is his philosophy and when did it happen? But I think those questions are irrelevant uh, because I think it's the money thing that drives them. But I think they do let you know philosophically where they're coming from. It's not that there aren't any people in the Republican Party. Matter of fact, the Republican Party, some of the Republicans did get some money. So they're, they're vulnerable as well. 
So I would have to think an individual like this uh, is is giving uh, money, but it's uh, narrowed down to just uh, you, you know profiteering and fraud and moving it along, and then taking care of the party that might take care of him. It might be the willingness to trade off. It's not so much that he would say, "Well, I love everything the Democrats do." He might say, "Well, I might have a, I might need a little protection," and he probably has had a little protection so far because I'm sure. Uh, they, they must have been suspicious of what's going on. But was it just a couple of days ago that all of a sudden these records have been erased? <laughs> you know, before, uh, two days I think before before it became public knowledge. That means that means if the people can measure every single telephone call we make for the last 20 years, that they would probably know what's going on there. But then again. Governments can be pretty inept, you know, and they might get key in only on the bottom line, uh, the bottom line, which means how much are they making today from their fraudulent system? Yeah, and we have actually a clip also from Jesse Waters over at Fox News who breaks it down pretty well. If we can play that video clip, it's only about 27 seconds long. We can play the whole clip because he also is interested in this. Let's hear what he has to say. After sending you billions of dollars of weaponry, the least you could do is reward their favorite mega donor. <laughs> and what did FTX do with the money Ukraine invested? Well, they plowed it right back into the Democratic Party. Democrats send money to Ukraine, Ukraine sends money to FTX, and FTX sends money to the Democrats' campaigns. Now, I don't know if this is war profiteering or money laundering. <laughs> I don't even know, but it needs to be investigated. Sending yeah, that's... And here's an illustration of it. It's a little bit funny, but it's worth looking at because I like pictures. I'm a simple person. Let's look at this next clip. So here it is. There's Biden and the Democrats. Money goes to Ukraine. It's laundered over to Bankman Freed and then laundered back to the Democrats. And here's another one. People are doing this online now on Twitter, etc. Here's the tax money going to the State Department, going to Ukraine, going to FTX, going to the Democrats, going to the 2022 campaign and again we we are not we have not investigated this but no one else has either yeah. you're only seeing investigators on the internet and someone else commented on twitter the other day it's amazing how all of these things breaking about ftx are breaking from individual investigators and and people on twitter uh, and in fact the mainstream media has completely ignored it i don't know why it's a you're, shock. You're, you're not, yeah, you're, I think you're very suspicious, but you're not on the verge of saying, mystery solved, yeah. mystery solved, punish the criminals. <laughs> and quite frankly, I think uh, if you took a, a real honest poll of as many people as you could find in the whole country that have a, a bit of an understanding of what's going on, that they would probably predict don't wait. You know, they're always waiting to get some of these bad guys arrested. It doesn't happen very. Sometimes there's a scapegoat. Sometimes, you know, I think sometimes these investigations of all the political shenanigans, one guy down on the list, he might, he might get a slap on the wrist or a minor jail term. But the guys who really run it, the deep state people, the organizers, I don't think uh, they get caught in, up on this. So uh, I'm not optimistic, but it's up to people like, uh, you, you know, the Gray Zone and others, and, and even Jesse. Jesse Waters is great, yeah. you know, and he's, he's been very consistent because I like to watch his program. But that tells you that uh, there's, a me there's still a vehicle to get the truth out to the best of our ability. But uh, part of our truth is, is 
we, we really don't want to speculate, but we can sort of shake the bushes and say, what do you think's happening here? And it becomes so obvious you don't have to preach on anything to it. Yeah, what's interesting about Bankman Freed is that his mother is a major Democrat fundraiser. Uh, she founded a super PAC that donates to Democrats. And his father was a deep state banker. Uh, <laughs> so they're both involved in those things. And of course, the sins of the parents don't necessarily fall upon the child. But in this case, it may well be <laughs> the situation. But so the question really is, were the elections of 2022 partly funded by this funny money? Uh, and now it's too late. And in fact, it's interesting now that the Democrats have averted a red wave and will retain the Senate and are very close in the House. Uh, something interesting has happened. We can put on that next clip. This is from CBS News. Now that they've won and the scandal is coming out, lawmakers return donations from FTX. So they've used it to win. They use it to be successful and to, you know, hold on to the Senate. But now they're saying, oh, my gosh, it's a scandal. We have to return this money. So that's one win for them. And what, look at the second one. This next clip is from Fortune magazine. And this is interesting. Sam Bankman-Fried's uh, implosion took down Democrats' second biggest donor as a party as the party gears up to regulate crypto. So it's exactly like Casablanca. There's gambling going on in here. Uh, so that, oh my gosh, this looks corrupt. Now we have to regulate crypto. But they have another problem. They're going to return the money. And is it going to be in crypto or is it going to be in dollar? <laughs> Will it have the same purchasing power as it was when they gave it to them? Oh, therefore, oh, this purchasing power has gone down both in crypto and in the dollar. <laughs> We're going to sue you <laughs> for not paying because this is fraud, not giving us back our money one-on-one. -on -one. Oh, what a mess. Yeah, what a mess indeed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, want to do, I do want to take a little break and talk about our sponsor for the show and that is 4patriots.com, the number 4patriots.com. Uh, this is a way to get around. Your crypto disappears. The inflation is eating up your wallet. 4patriots.com uh, has a solution, and that is uh, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, uh, power and solar uh, things you can use, RV and camping things you can use, uh, storage, 25 years' worth of storage for your food, that you may need in a disaster. It's a family company. It's a U.S. company. They hire a couple of hundred Americans to work there, and they offer delicious food that you can eat just literally by adding water and boiling, and you will have great survival food. And 4Patriots.com is generous enough to have a promotional code RON, RON, put that in as your code, and you will save 10% off your first order for anything in the store, including a very handy three-month survival kit of food that is delicious and easily stored. Free shipping on every order over $97. Uh, it's a great deal. It's a great company. They do send a lot of their profits to help veterans and veteran causes, so they do want to give back for Patriots, the number 4Patriots.com. Type in RON to get your discount. Very good. <laughs>
You know, uh, I want to go on to another subject, if yes. you're ready for that, because uh, it looks like there's a sincere effort for the audit. Oh, well, that sounds pretty darn good. Audit the Fed. You, you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. I wish. <laughs> you know, but, you know, the um, over the years, uh, we've talked a little bit about auditing the Fed, but I've also been anxious to audit the Pentagon. Yeah. And, you know, this case that we just talked about, maybe a little bit of auditing of the Pentagon and Ukrainian weaponry and, you know, all this stuff is go. No, nobody, there's, they're not, there's no pretense to even to monitor what we give away and where all that stuff goes. But uh, over the years, I wanted the Pentagon audit. So they finally got one. They started in 2017. But you know who's auditing the Pentagon? Who? The Pentagon. <laughs> the Pentagon. And uh, it, guess what? This is their fifth one. And they just reported that uh, they, they, they had another failed audit. It wasn't completed. Fifth, five in a row. Uh, it, that was, uh, uh, you know, not an acceptable audit. So it, it hasn't done any good yet, really. And it never will. It never will because the politics of foreign policy, they really have that locked in. Uh, not enough to the point where we won't keep talking about it and working on it, but, uh, you know, it's such a bipartisan thing, and I want to concentrate more on that, especially now that we have a different government coming into place, because I think uh, it'd be nice to uh, see exactly how somebody out there must be eager enough to really follow every, uh, every congressman on how they vote on anything for foreign policy. At the same time, they're, they're calling for peace, you know, and that, that to me is a big thing. You can't vote for that. You can't vote for sanctions and coups of governments and uh, say that you're, you're on the progressive side of peace. At the same time, you, uh, oh, we'll vote against the money. Right now, though, what's disappointing to us, they don't, the, the progressives don't even seem to be voting against the money. You yeah, know? yeah. And so the process continues. So I think it's, uh, we followed this the best we can, but we had this little distraction called, uh, called COVID. And we had to concentrate on that for a while. Not that I think that's gone away because the power and influence of the corporations in the pharmaceutical industry very, very have a very great presence. So I think, though, that if we do more, I'm trying to find out who are the hypocrites. People don't like the hypocrites. Remember during COVID? That yeah. was one of the things that we got, you know, Nancy Pelosi, you know, the queen of the world. Yeah. She even was criticized when it was pointed out. She doesn't follow any of those rules. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, it, it's something that hypocrisy is something worth pointing out. It's almost like lying, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, amazing. You know, we give them a, a trillion dollars a year. It's taken from us either directly or printed out of thin air. We can put on that next clip. And thanks to our good friend Dave DeCamp once again for doing great work at antiwar.com. Put on that next clip. And Pentagon fails fifth consecutive audit <laughs> amid Ukraine oversight concerns. Can you imagine, Dr. Paul, writing a check for a trillion dollars every year to your son when he's growing up as a teenager? And you say, well, where'd you spend it? I can't tell you. I don't have any idea. You might want to think twice about it. They can't audit themselves. They have no idea where the money's spent. And let's put that next one up. This is from the same article. The audit of the Pentagon's three and a half trillion in assets and 3.7 trillion in liabilities concluded that department's internal tracking of money and arms is still not good enough for a passing grade. Not good enough for a passing grade. I guess, Dr. Paul, we simply don't give them enough money. 
But, you know, what happens when someone like Senator Paul says, okay, I'm not going to win this one about sending that $40 billion over to Ukraine. I'm not going to win that one. But can we at least have an auditor to take a look at it? No, you are Putin's puppet. You're a terrible person. You're unpatriotic if you want to know where this money goes. Well, Americans should want to know. And if only for the reason that this is so-called defense spending, it's money to keep us safe. If it's being squandered in places that do not keep us safe, not only are we poorer, but we're vulnerable to being attacked. You know, and so just for the very self-preservation purpose of wanting to make sure that all these tanks and things are going to protect us, instead of going off in some Ponzi scheme, we should want to know what happened to the Pentagon money. You know, this is military spending to be uh, spent preserving our national sovereignty, our constitutions, our, our, our liberties, which is, you know, a, a lot of baloney because it goes elsewhere. And uh, so it's really not uh, defense spending, it's military spending. And it's also uh, spending that uh, goes into the pockets of the corporate world. You know, it's yeah. part of the corporatism that goes on because uh, they get a lot of money. But uh, you mentioned a number there that I found a little bit uh, fascinating. They, they say they have assets of $3.5 trillion, uh, but they owe $3.7 trillion. <laughs> I'd like to know more details. Who do they owe $3.7 trillion to? <laughs> or the, I, guess, uh, I guess the... Uh, the, the uh, military industrial complex uh we owe it to them because because if they have cost overruns we're always owing them more money but uh the 3.5 trillion dollar of assets if you buy a tank <laughs> and you send it over to europe or asia or someplace or like we did to, uh, into the middle east and to uh, korea and vietnam and they put that down as an asset you know i wonder I imagine that number is flexible. I imagine they could make it, but they had to admit, though, they owe more than they have. Yeah. But what, what about an asset? Do you think do you think if an asset in weaponry and all these other things uh, that that is uh, sellable, they can't sell that stuff. <laughs> eBay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they would say, oh, no, this is just good property that we have. Well, they never sell the property. Matter of fact, that uh, in the old days, it was very precise how the Roman Empire worked. They would go out and advance and take the land, and then when the uh, uh, when the message was released that you can the it'll be divided by the up by the soldiers and they would get it. But uh, we we do the same thing. We go and we occupy, and then we have uh, have these bases. And I think we're going to be talking about that in yeah. a minute. They, there's always some assets, and uh, maybe that's that's part of it. But an, what is an asset? If, if there's no true owner, it's, it's controlled by the deep state, it's controlled by the people who run our foreign policy, but it's really not an asset like people are supposed to, uh, supposed to believe an asset is, but uh, it's sort of the game they play. <laughs> yeah, they do. And one theme today, I think, is, is the fact that although we, are, we, we, are, we get discouraged sometimes about the loss of our progressive friends in the anti-war camp, but today we're talking about two groups that still retain that. And that, of course, is The Gray Zone, which is a great publication. They're getting harassed a lot because they're making the right enemies of Max Blumenthal and Aramate, but also World Beyond War. And that's David Swanson, who is a great left-wing anti-war activist. In fact, I spoke with him once at a conference in Houston a few years ago, definitely dedicated. Well, they've come out with something, Dr. Paul, that you discovered this morning, and I was fascinated. I kept clicking on it. In fact, let's put on that next clip. This is an interactive, uh, go to the next one, I'm gonna go ahead and skip that. 
It's an interactive world map showing U.S. military bases. And if I, I just took a clip of it to show you a couple. Here's this one, and let's look at the next one. Here are the U.S. bases around Iran. And you can click on it, and each one you can find, you can see over there on the right, how many personnel are there, when it was started, what it's all about. Each one of these bases, a great service, World Beyond War, David Swamp uh, 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 has put out. Yeah, right. You know, uh, over the years, I've, I've watched these numbers, and they were so, you know, huge that I always wanted to be cautious not to, uh, you know, overstep the numbers, overstate the numbers. And I would, I remember being back there, 150, 200 different countries that we're in and how many bases we have. But it keeps going up, so I'm going to have to adjust my uh, my my talks a little while. Like, no, it's not 150. I made a mistake. <laughs> 867 military bases here. We'll show you a picture of it, and that's the assets they have <laughs> that they can't balance the books. They have a lot of assets. But you know that was one thing. On occasion, some air bases were closed down. And and, uh, and and the property was supposed to be sold into the community, but it was it was never clean. I imagine there are some examples, but most of the time when they closed down an air base near a city, they, it might be some collusion and planning. Oh, we have a good friend there. They should get this. They have a plan for a shopping center, that, that kind of stuff. But for the most part, it stays in the inventory. And uh, and that's a that tells you, uh, you know, what's going on. To me, it also suggests just uh, looking for a more precise definition of empire. Empires, uh, you know, were, were more precise uh, and they would march the troops. Uh, so I would say Ukraine's part of our empire. Yeah. And it's been part of our empire. We participate in coups. We were involved in uh, divvying up the loot and the property of Ukraine all the way back at least to World War II and goes on and on. And, uh, and yet now uh, th that we take care of them, we finance them, we send them what they need and all these things. And, and uh, but mo most people would say, what are you talking about? They're part of our empire. But you know, the definition of empire actually has evolved. It's evolved. It's uh, what you have to control. And uh, the people who run our empire are pretty shrewd. They got controlled of uh, things like the educational system, the financial systems, the monetary system, the dollar standard. And uh, they were able, you know, to, to do that. And, uh, and, and then also they have the authority that the corporations do their bidding. If, if they have to enforce the law as a violation of civil liberties, like we saw with COVID, COVID, oh, then, then, oh, the corporations will help, so social media will help, and we'll send them out there, we'll punish them. You, you, the government, you, you don't, you, you have to protect the First Amendment, don't you know? So we can't let you do that. We'll do your dirty work for you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to close out, Dr. Paul, by making up for what I failed to do yesterday, which is to mention some of our Rumble ranters, and these are people who are donating while they're chatting, and they're fantastic people. Love you always. Yesterday made a nice donation. James Cabral, a longtime friend, he's been to many of our conferences. He made a donation. Today we had some nice little donation from Brewster McBrewster, who we met for the first time down here in Lake Jackson. And also Gypsy Magic, who gave $10 and said, well, where there's a big swamp, there's sure to be a lot of dirty laundry. <laughs> and that's a great point. So thanks to everyone who participates in the chat. Uh, who likes, who s gives us rumbles, who comments on these. 
You helped make yesterday's show very big, and we very much appreciate that. So keep at it, and thanks for watching. Dr. Very Clark. good. You know, I have to remind our viewers that, uh, you know, the change in government, which is not overly dramatic, is something that uh, can be helpful, and we have to participate in it. And that, for, for me, in participation, is not starting a political action group and start lobbying. I don't think that works. I like to see, I like to see demonstrations, peaceful demonstrations, people standing up and saying, this is what we want. Stop the wars and get so many people out to demonstrate that. So that's how I think uh, was very helpful in stopping the nonsense going on with COVID. So we want to participate, and uh, I think it's slightly better, uh, but we also know that the bipartisanship sometimes just compounds our problems because it builds more power and control, you know, by the financial interest. But there are some good people there. We need to get the message out, but we really need to galvanize and get people excited about the issue, whether it's the issue of sound money or non-interventions, foreign policy or civil liberties, because that is what has to happen before the government changes. I do believe that over terms, over long term, the government a country has is uh, endorsed by the people. Because when the people get sick and tired of it, they usually get rid of it. And that even happened, you know, when it was uh, kings and pharaohs that took care of things. They wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't exist if the people don't give them some type of endorsement. That doesn't mean it's a smooth sailing just getting numbers out. Matter of fact, numbers can get out in some country. They're so authoritarian that it's very, very risky. But that's the alternative. I think it's dealing in ideas and moving it along. And we still have problems with, you know, freedom of speech. And there's still a, a punishment for speaking the truth. But it's still available to us. We are on the air today. And thankfully, I believe we'll be on the air tomorrow. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Please come back soon.